John Acapinti, after that dry spell, he's dropped like what, maybe eight songs in the last two weeks, I think? He keeps making them. He's back from the dead. Yeah. A lot of them have been about, you know, kind of like classic stuff for him, like uh, the My Pillow guy. Uh, one about draining the swamp for some reason, still. He had one about CRT. Yeah, that was the most disappointing one. We talked about that a little, but this one. He didn't um, really uh, seem to understand what CRT is. I think he thinks it's a gender thing. Yeah, it's probably for the it's best. HRT. It's better that he's confused, I think. Yeah, you're right. He could have done one for HRT and one for CRT. Yeah, both of the RTs. <laughs> we got to get rid of both of them. But uh, I think this this newest one's really intriguing. Ring the bell for Bruce Lavelle. It's a very deep cut person to be interested in here. Um, he's a guy who came in, I think, seventh place in the Republican primary for um, the U.S. House Georgia 6th District Special Election in 2017. Um, a race that John Ossoff lost in the runoff. And he got 0.2% of the vote, Bruce Lavelle. This yeah, was, very weird guy to pick. Yeah, with 200,000 votes cast, he got 455 votes. According to his Twitter, he lives in Tampa, Florida now. Hmm. So presumably he's retired from politics. Yeah. But... uh he says he can fit, he considers Bruce Lavelle as a neighbor as he lives in the metro Atlanta area. So something doesn't add up here. Bruce is a capital S special person, a black conservative Republican, and I am proud to call him a friend and brother in the Lord. What could he possibly use this for? It's interesting. Yeah, it's so weird, right? It's because I looked him up, like Bruce Lavelle, the businesses that he ran while he was in um, Georgia are... Something called Dunwoody Diamonds. Uh, that's just like a jewelry store. And then he had a real estate company. What a surprise that some fucking real estate shithead conservative was really into Donald Trump six years ago. Yeah. I'm looking at the guy's Twitter and most of his retweets are of Donald Trump from 2021. <laughs> which is very sad. Yeah, like going through the old classics and... Yeah, like them. not even the funny ones, like the Diet Coke one and the, yeah. the haters and losers just going through ones about the border or whatever, pretending that he's back, even though he's contractually obligated to be on Truth Social. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Bruce Lavelle's more active on there. Probably not, because he's a marginal, completely meaningless political figure. He has a genuine blue check on here, though. <laughs> That's great. So I would want to be on here if I was him. Maybe he could get it at Truth Social because he has met with Trump before. I think he's uh, a Mar-a-Lago hanger-outer guy. Yeah. That's probably why he wanted to be in Florida where the action is. Yeah, you got to move down there. But it's so, it is kind of indicative of that type of guy. Of He hasn't run for office in almost six years and he got 400 votes when he did. <laughs> but he's in politics. Yeah, he must be... On Newsmax. I think he's on Newsmax, and that's where John Acapinti saw him. And he yeah, thinks he's going to use sense. this weird, like, honky-tonk gospel song where every instrument is at a different tempo, and it's all through a phaser effect. I don't know. If I, mean, I was I would him, I would be kind of bummed out that I'm, like, making these songs for people about them so they can use it as a theme song, and I send it off to them, and they don't see it. Oh, yeah, we know for a fact that he's bitter and angry about it from when we've uh, read his stuff in the past about the like Waffle the House Waffle guy. Like the Waffle House guy? Yeah. Maybe wait until they pay you 
to write the song. Yeah. <laughs> if it's like a song that's about how cool they are for them to use. It's a like, cool don't way to do think, that for um, free. To think that's how you make it in the music industry. Like, can you imagine like indie rock bands trying to do that for like American Spirit cigarettes or something? <laughs> that's how Jim Croce got famous. He wrote a song about Big Bad Leroy Brown. And then Leroy, yeah. Big Bad Leroy Brown used it as his theme song. <laughs> it is a good idea. Like any ordinary, like up and coming independent artist now should just make an album of 12 different jingles for like moderately famous public figures. Yeah, we should start doing that. We should actually do a song like that. Like that's a new angle we haven't done yet. Who we should we do a do, response though? song that's about how Stacey Abrams is cool. No, it'd have Another to be someone who's person um, from the metro Atlanta area who doesn't win elections. In order to be equivalent, though, it'd have to be whoever got like sixth place in the Democratic runoff who got oh, like yeah. 200 votes against Stacey Abrams. It would have to be the lesser Stacey from that other election years ago. Stacey something. Stacey Dash. No, she was white. It was a white Stacey. Uh, I the don't one remember. who uh, lost to Stacey Abrams in the Democratic primary. Yeah, but that, yeah, that is the kind of person we'd have to choose. I think this is a pretty good idea. We should do this next year. (laughs) Yeah, that would be really cool. And then when they don't respond to us, we have to get really bitter and angry. Yeah. Yeah, we should choose someone on purpose who still has an active Twitter so we can tag them like 40 times. Yeah. I mean, French Stewart listened to the E1 French Stewart song. So why wouldn't someone who got like 500 votes six years ago in a political race? But does he give you money? Does he use it as his theme song? I'm going to have to go check the Patreon, see if he's subscribed. Yeah, if he's not a Patreon sub. Yeah, we should start harassing him. Where's our money, sir? Yeah. Come on, Mr. Stewart. I know you have money. Cough up. We wrote a song about you, and it's not even your theme song. Yeah, unfortunately, he's not a big enough deal to get another TV show, but if he did, maybe he'd use it as the theme. We should help him get a daytime talk show. (laughs) Yeah, we got to get him famous. Work all our connections. I mean, we were just talking about daytime talk shows a minute ago because you were saying how Nick Cannon had one that got canceled instantly. Yeah, he had a one-season daytime talk show that was, like, just insane. It was so insipid and inane and, like, it was, like, the default talk show, and he was just placed in it, in that role. Do you know if he tried And the audience seemed like they were paid to be there from what I saw of it, and they do these weird games and contests and stuff, and it it, it just, none of it seems like it has anything to do with Nick Cannon. I'm not surprised that got canceled. It was really Um, weird. Do you know whether he ever tried to do sort of Oprah-style stuff where he has like an ordinary house mom on and he's on the verge of tears while she tells her heartbreaking story? I don't know. I don't think he's too concerned about appealing to the female audience. But that's who loves like daytime talk shows, you know? Yeah, that's the issue. Yeah. Like you can't be a guy who's like, yeah, you don't have to spend time with your kids. Yeah. (laughs) And all the women should just get a bunch of random women pregnant and then don't talk to them ever again because fuck that. That's the bitch's job to take care of the kids. And that's exactly You you uh, can't be saying that shit and then you have a daytime talk show at the same time. Exactly. Like you gotta, you gotta not, you gotta know your audience and not just say the dumbest shit. We came across that though because for some reason Akon has been interviewed a ton of times in the last month. I don't know why, um, but he was on some show. What's it? it's called the ZZ Mills show, and 
somehow Nick Cannon came up and ZZ Mills asked the, this is most, this is an insanely worded question. He asked Akon, do you agree with Nick Cannon and his spreading of his seed? It's so weird. Like they're consciously trying to talk like the Bible, I guess. Yeah. And Akon's like answer though is like, like God would say about Abraham. Yeah. <laughs> But his answer is like a thousand times more insane where he's like, I agree with him 1000%. That's how life is supposed to be. He's rich. He's responsible. And then um, yeah, the, the interviewer is like, well, what about the kids though? And Akon's like, what about them? Nick Cannon's there for them. Um, but then he goes on because uh, Akon's saying, I'm there for my kids too. And the interviewer says, so every single time you're at every single recital for your kids, and Akon says, no, that's a white man's thing. Who gives a fuck about a recital? It's so weird. Like, one, what are his kids doing recitals of? Yeah. <laughs> like rapping? I hope they're just singing his songs. That would be awesome. Yeah, he has some pretty nasty that. songs. That would be weird if your dad's songs were, I want to fuck you. Like really juvenile that. shit. Yeah. Like he doesn't really have, I guess the lonely song is the only one that you could maybe show a kid. But it's hard to explain your career to your kids and also your name. That's like, it's about being a convict. Yeah. And which he in also kind of like dubious, exaggerated he like, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said he was in prison for four years. And then later he said like, well, I was actually in jail for like a week at a time, but several times non-consecutively. Yeah. That's the thing stuff, that's dubious but, about his name is that he just like made up these stories for clout. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. But he, they keep asking him this stuff. He was, yeah, talking my job ain't to be doing all that extra stuff, all these holidays and recitals and all that. Guess what? Well, I'm taking care of my responsibilities to make sure the family has a roof over their head and food. If I have the time to do that, then yes, I will do that. And we'll talk about uh, Akon's responsibilities as we get more yeah, into it. Especially there yeah, was, uh, to his city. How much he takes care of his responsibilities. Uh, there was another hit like this earlier this month where they asked Akon on Sky News about Kanye West for God knows what reason. Why are they even having him on? Like, yeah, he, I can't he hasn't imagine why he's for, getting this many interviews. I was in middle school the last time he had a hit on the charts. But he says, uh, he asked him, or the, the anchor asked him why he supports Ye, and he says, I show support for our opinion, and I think people will always have a specific opinion, and I think the moment we get to the place where we close our minds up to other people's opinion, it kind of doesn't allow us to get to better know each other, better know our mindsets, and more than anything, better know our movements. What, the Nazi movement? <laughs> yeah, you're, and, and then they push him on it, and he says... Not really, because those comments don't really affect me personally. And if it does affect you personally, <laughs> then find a way to actually respond in a way to where that conversation can be reciprocated. That is a so, truly amazing. He's saying, like, I don't care about anti-Semitism because I'm personally not Jewish. Yeah, I don't then, care about Nazis because they don't affect me. And then also Jewish people need to reach out to Kanye in a way that's going to be reciprocated which is going to be calling him a genius and saying he's right about everything. Yeah. <laughs> and his ex-wife is a bitch and everyone's wrong and everyone's crazy and just enabling whatever his, uh, his thing of the week is. Yeah. And I'm sure amazing. that's really going to work. I but show yeah, support like, for why, opinion is such a cool thing Why are thing they to asking say. him this? Why yeah. is he on Sky News? It's amazing uh, that he's yeah, like uh, even less. Twitter is not, uh, not a fan of Akon. In the past couple months, I've seen 
some of these threads, they're, they don't like Akon very much. Well, because he also said that African artists are more talented than foundational Black American artists. It's so and weird. Like, what it's the like fuck are you talking about? I don't think he's like uh, with it enough to press those buttons on purpose, but he's like really pressing the buttons for like Tariq Nasheed type guys. Yeah, exactly. He's really poking the weak spots, trying to get people to yell at him. Very yeah, weird. he sees Kanye doing it with Nazism, and he's like, well, maybe I'll just say that black American artists aren't good. Yeah. Let's get everyone mad at me. It's also funny because he's an American artist, you know? Like, yeah, he was he didn't born get in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, he means like, yeah, uh, Americans of African ancestry versus African Americans, which is just does not make sense. It's a crazy divide to make. I'm still thinking about his quote about Kanye. It's just so funny to be like, I show support for opinion. Just the the idea of opinion broadly. I like that opinions exist. That's really not a good thing when that's what you're down to, is saying that you should be able to have opinions. Like, that's not even really defending what he said. Yeah. (laughs) It's being as vague as possible. Like, why not? Why even say anything? Yeah, I think sometimes we should open up our minds and let things play all the way out and better understand the situation so we have a better solution for it. I think we've let the Hitler anti-Semitism thing play out before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. What do you have to <laughs> learn? What, you, out to, yeah, what are you trying to listen ends. for? What part of that conversation hasn't been had a million times? Yeah, it's very boring stuff. And he says the same exact shit every time they talk to him. He knows like three facts about Hitler from a History Channel documentary. Yeah, exactly. What? Well, but maybe someone's going to have a new opinion about Nazis uh, 80 years after the fact that's going to really crack the case back open. Yeah. Like the far right racist movements of the 1800s, 1700s. Those, uh, those have been uh, vindicated by history. Everybody loves that shit now. Yep. It's kind of like what you said about Kanye before. Of He should at least choose something more marginal, obscure. He can't just keep harping on the most obvious thing, you know? Yeah. You got to get esoteric. As someone who sees himself as a genius and an artist, how are you going to go right to Hitler? Yeah. Julius Avola. Talk about his weird masturbation stuff, how he was like the first incel. A lot of avenues you can go down if you're going to destroy your brain that way. And it's like, I guess to Akon's credit, as like a Z-list artist these days, he's coming up with more niche stuff to make people mad by saying that black American artists don't have good stage presence and stuff. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> it's so, so like what, James Brown, Michael Jackson? Yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? They had about? bad stage presence? What are you talking about? And also, like, it's it kind of a layup to say, but Akon's stage presence was humping a 15-year-old girl yeah, exactly. and picking up the... And then there was a 15-year-old boy who came up on stage in a separate incident, and he, like, picked the kid up and whipped him into the crowd, and the kid got hurt. <laughs> so that's his stage presence. Like, when people think of Akon on stage, that's what they think of. It's always him doing something horrible to a kid. <laughs> and that's like, and then he was also talking about how good he is with kids and how he takes care of his kids. Yeah, by not spending any time with them and just paying for them, <laughs> and uh, by throwing them. I think that we missed part of that quote. There's another quote in that article too, where he said something about how um, it's just normal. Like the, it's I even have to look up his wording because his wording is so specific and insane. Oh, 
Um, having a bunch of kids by different women is how life is supposed to be, which obviously it's easy. Like, you know, it's totally fine to make the argument of, yeah, it's like normal that that happens across your lifetime. You'll have kids by different women, like whatever, it's fine. But the fact that that's how life is supposed to be is a really funny, really specific argument. It's like anti-monogamy rather than being like ambivalent, you know? Yeah. Maybe he's thinking of like, uh, uh, African polygamy back in the old days or something. Yeah, if that's the argument say. he's You're trying to like make. giving him too much credit, probably. But yeah, so weird that the like the this shit should not be litigated in public. Like I don't know why any of these guys are talking about this. Like how they raise their kids and what if their kids' recitals they go to. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like why are you opening this up to public comment? Why is your like your skills as a father? Why is that uh, morning show interview stuff? Seems like you should just not talk about that at all. I think from Akon's perspective, though, it's like since he hasn't had a hit in 15 years, he'll just talk about anything to get the headlines. And somehow it's like somehow he's been interviewed by like fucking five different places in December alone. <laughs> yeah. like what, what the fuck is he doing? I appreciate this, too, of uh, on XXL where we're reading a couple of these articles. They do like the, the typical thing you do in music writing where you're like the smack that star. Uh, the I want to fuck you artist, you know, like they do a bunch of those. And then by the end of the article, they're out of things that people recognize. And the last um, sentence of this one article is the TT freak artist said that yay has the right to publicly express any views he desires. TT freak. Yeah. What the fuck is that? I've never heard of that. Is that a deep cut? I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Like they just ran out, you know, he didn't have enough hits to sustain that style of writing. But coincidentally, there were a couple news hits about Akon city. There was one back in October that we didn't catch uh, that was on Yahoo.com called uh, 6 Billion Akon City Will Open in 2026. Africa's Largest Hospital is in the plans. So that's not happening. It goes, giving back to Africa has always been a huge part of Akon's platform. The Sorry Blame It On Me singer. why, Why do they have to do that? (laughs) revealed in a recent interview that despite disruption in the plans, the first phase of Akon City in Senegal will be opening for living in 2026. No, it won't. No, absolutely not. According to the Hold My Hand singer, what? (laughs) Why do they have to do this? They're really stretching. You just don't have to do it. You can just say (laughs) his name. Like, it's a Yahoo article. It's not the New York Times. I bet you that's an SEO thing is why they've leaned so hard into that. Like, hoping that people are searching these songs. But those aren't even fucking popular songs. Like, no one knows those. No, I don't even know those songs. The TT Freak artist. He says construction will start in 2023, which is already behind schedule. Yeah, he's got a and couple days he to has, get started. Yeah, four days to get started here. Or, yeah, this the, one I, the BBC article from December claims that he'll break ground before the end of 2022, which means he's got very little time. Yeah, you better get down there. And then uh, in, or this month, three days ago, there was another article in BBC that was a little more realistic. Yeah, I really like this one. This is like a classic example of just like a really scathing lead to the article where like, you know that the author's like having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, It begins, although goats are currently grazing on the site, Akon says that critics will look super stupid in the future. The headline is Akon's Wakanda, Grazing Goats in a Crumbling Crypto Dream. 
He says that plans for Akon City are 100,000% moving forward. Wow. That's when someone, when a, a, a real estate developer is serious about hitting their deadlines, they tell you 100,000%, yeah, we're going to do it. I think that might be doable because currently there's one brick. Yeah. So to get 100,000%, that's what, like a that would thousand, be a thousand times? Because 100% right now is one brick, right? So if they can put up a thousand bricks, that'll be true. Yeah, that would be like a quarter of a quarter of one building, and they could actually say it's a hundred thousand percent. And then, okay, the second paragraph of this article in an exclusive interview with the BBC. Why are they talking to him? The smack that singer also assured supporters waiting for refunds from his token of appreciation cryptocurrency campaign that they will receive their money back, even if he has to pay them back out of his own pocket. So he has this other scam going on that he started his stupid fucking cryptocurrency. And then it turned out to just be useless and he hasn't done anything with it. So he offered everyone a refund and then no one's been refunded. And you can also get an A-Coin MasterCard with it instead of real money if you want. This is a pretty common thing where it's a, a cryptocurrency that has a like a concrete rapture that's supposed to happen that's going to make it worth a lot of money. It's like yeah. not even worth a lot on its own right now. It's just someone promising... We're going to build this thing that only uses this cryptocurrency, and that's going to make it worth something. And then it never happens, obviously. And that's what this is. It's like, it's been done before, but this is probably the most evil iteration of it, I think. Oh, yeah, totally. Because you're promising to, like, give jobs to people in yeah, like, it's the like people third who poorest use those country jobs. in the world. Like, yeah, dangling like, this carrot above these impoverished people. Yeah, you're just like fucking with people's hopes and making them just more miserable by lying to them. Yeah, it's so pathetic, dude. And it didn't even pump very hard because it was like, it went from nothing to 28 cents a share to one cent a share. So that's not great if you can't even get to a dollar. Because I, like people have done that with uh, every coin. Yeah, exactly. Like it is funny... This scam's been done so many times in the last couple of years, and you can't even pump it to a dollar. It's like, Akon's just not a big enough name to be doing a scam of this caliber, you know? He needs yeah. to find a smaller scam to be doing. People have done this successfully, this crypto scam, where you offer something in a way that's like uh, less exposed to the media and has less concrete promises, because you're going to get called on shit like this if you're a guy on his level. People are going to check in on this shit. He's made a lot of promises to a lot of people. And it's probably not worth whatever you get from Acoin. Yeah. This BBC article, I think, is actually the best one that we've ever seen about Acon City. It's got everything you want. Of like, There's like heartbreaking quotes from the local residents who wanted those jobs. It's like, we thought we could work on it, but at this pace, maybe our children will. We remain hopeful for the project. We hope that our children will stay here to work. It's like, yeah, you're just like totally fucking with these people for no reason, you know? Yeah. Um, but then conversely, there's just other things in here that are much more humorous of like, they have a picture in the article of the one stone that was placed there. Yeah, they put one stone here, the <laughs> cornerstone. So like, why like, even? That's good why? journalism right there, fucking getting that picture. It's so funny, man. Like, the picture doesn't look good. The people who live there are not going to see that and say, oh, he's actually doing it. So I, I really appreciate there. whoever it's wrote a, this article because they're smart enough. Like you, they kind of know what they're doing. Where they juxtapose the picture of the one stone against the concept art of like the six billion dollar prosperous city. Yeah, the weird 
Yeah, phallic architecture. So, yeah, it's this one isn't even phallic. It just looks inhuman. It looks like uh maybe a drawing of the inside of a cell more than anything. Yeah, you're right. It's so extraordinarily like a impractical. body or a mitochondria. It makes no sense. It doesn't it's a, it has nothing to do with the surrounding environment. It doesn't Can you imagine make any having sort of point. Um, like an apartment in that building where everything's just at like 45 degree angles in the middle of it. Like, can you imagine if your living room had a 45 degree angle where it's just like this weird horizon that goes down to nothing where you can't put anything there? Like what an insane waste of space. Yeah. There's a weird hole in the middle of it that fucks up the insulation. Yeah. He uh, says it wasn't being managed properly. He concedes. I take full responsibility for that. Except that he hasn't refunded anyone for anything, and he hasn't done anything at all. No, he keeps saying he's going to do it. He's going to do a tour to pay people back, which one, how much money does that make now? And two, when are you going to do it? Um, He acknowledges that the work on the construction is yet to be fully calendared. The initial plans for Akon City dubbed it Crypto City. And in August 2020, Akon said the city's financial infrastructure would be built off his own Acoin cryptocurrency. But the cryptocurrency has been plagued by its own delays and struggles. So it was Crypto City. Yeah, according to those original plans, he's got one year from basically today, there's supposed to be a solar power plant, waste facility, school, police station, hotels, residences, a mall, a campus, roads. Like, we got one brick. We're three years into the project and we got a single brick. It can't be that hard to do it. Like, if, if you paid for room and board, I would go make the road. Yeah. I would go make the road for, like, $40 an hour. For the honor of being involved in Akon City. I would go out there with a shovel. I would do it. I would hack the brush down with a machete to put down those other bricks. It's close enough to the coast that you're, like, you don't have to go in that far. You could probably land in the Dakar airport, drive over there work on the road, go back, fly back. But uh, there's another interesting wrinkle in here. The current legal tender in Senegal is the CFA franc, which is regulated and issued by Central Bank of West African states, which share the money. Yahoo Finance reported last year that the institution warned of the dangers of adopting cryptocurrency and termed it illegal. So yeah. the, the governing body that controls the currency of... Like, he, you, not only can you not use crypto in Senegal, but they wanted to make it the only way you could pay for stuff within the city, which is still the within the borders of Senegal. It's not like Monaco. It would just be a city within Senegal. And then he also had that quote. I don't know if it's in this or if it's in another thing where he says, uh, eventually he's pretty much going to be the king of it. Oh, yeah. I have that quote right here. So. He admits with hindsight that I would have loved to gotten more things in place before promoting it. He also blames COVID, which he says meant everything would be pushed back two years. However, the world was already in the grip of the pandemic when he held the ceremony to promote Akon City in August 2020. And he says, I plan to retire in that city, he says confidently. I don't like to use the word king of the city, but that's what it will turn out to be. Yeah, so he's threatening the sovereignty of the Senegalese government. <laughs> At the same time, he's ripping off all these people. 
and giving them these fake promises and embarrassing local politicians because they were meeting with him and they were talking to him. And now they've got egg on their face because he disappeared and didn't build anything like Lyle Lanley, except he actually built the monorail. He didn't just put one, one leg of one track up. Yeah. That that would be a good meme though. Like, uh, North Haverbrook and Akon city are on the map. Yeah. Ogdenville, North Haberbrook, and Akon City. And the other Akon City in Uganda. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that he it's promised just, he was going to make. It's, it's uh, North Haberbrook Akon and City, two the Akon other cities. Akon City. Uh, yeah, th- this article, uh, despite everything else really good about it, it doesn't even mention the second Akon City because it's such a scam. They didn't even bother going into it. Oh, what else? Oh, I think I appreciate, too, that um, the BBC journalist interviewed a local journalist in Senegal and... Uh, their quotes were basically just like, yep, I'm here and I'm only in the presence of goats. Just a bunch of grazing wild goats chilling in Akon City. I don't know if we ever mentioned it, but if you look up Akon City on Google Maps, I don't know if the real one is even on there. I feel like I found it once, but there's one that's like just on the peninsula of Dakar, which is not where it is because someone just put it there. And then there's another one that's way inland. That's like a random woman's house. Oh, I where think she we sells did t- crafts no, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We talked about that because she's just like running a business, trading off the name, which is super funny. Like she's doing more than he's doing. <laughs> yeah, she actually has a thing that sells stuff. There's some sort of uh, abode there, not just one brick. So good for that person. That's the real Acon City to me. This article also talks to some moron in uh, London who started buying like thousands of dollars of Akon's crypto coin and now feels hurt and he wants his refund, but it's been over a year and he hasn't gotten his refund yet that was promised. When has that ever happened? When has anyone ever got a refund for crypto going down? (laughs) Who would give that out? Oh, wow. Sam Bankman-Fried, where's my refund? 2019. That actually was pretty early. Good time to be running that scam. Yeah, so that guy must have been holding on to it down to three cents, two cents, thinking it would go back up. Then it went down to one, and he's like, oh, shit. Oh, the guy they're talking to also who bought into it is too ashamed to use his real name. (laughs) I would be too. Why would you (laughs) invest in a coin? Like and also, crypto people don't even talk about it. um, When they, over two years after it fell through, when donors were presented with a choice of uh, like a refund or an Acoin MasterCard, that was announced in the official Acoin Telegram group. Not a good sign. Uh, I use Telegram. Uh, I use it to talk to my wife because I can't open text on my computer. And then also to check the Queen Romana Telegram group, which has 360 new notifications for me right now. Ooh. Let's see what she's up to. Arcturians are evolved races from Arcturus who are co-guardians. There are others of the human species. Oh, wow. Without them, we would have irreversibly succumbed to the intruder races such as the Dracos and Zeta et al. Wow. So there are uh, Arcturians. to Ar- me. Arcturians defended us from the Dracos. So that's what's going on on Telegram. So if that's the main platform for people talking about your shit, that's not good. That's bad. I wonder if the Arcturian, Arcturians were using uh, Acoin. Probably. The Queen Romana people are interesting because they have the same sort of get-rich-quick mentality. 
but theirs is just that once Queen Romana is in power, she's going to erase all debt and everything's going to be free. Ooh, a debt jubilee. Yeah. So it's like, they, they wouldn't even care about crypto because that's Wait, not even going to matter. Is everything going to be free after the debt jubilee? Like, everything's free so. forever? Yeah, they think there's, a, there's some sort of secret bill called Nasara Gesara that's going to be passed or that already did get passed and it like abolishes the Federal Reserve. <laughs> and sometimes she tells people to stop paying their electric bills and they do and their power gets shut off <laughs> and they'll post about it in there. Like, what? I thought you made electricity free. It's, it's really weird. At least it's, it's utopian, you know? There's so many conspiracies that are just like very grim and miserable. They've got a utopian ideal that just makes no sense. Yeah, there is violence implicit in it, but at least there's something nice at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and not just uh, like nihilistic violence. How does it compare to Akon City? I think Akon City is uh, it's certainly less idealistic and less utopian. And he is actually fucking with people by pretending he's going to give them jobs. It's kind of similar, maybe. Yeah. He's and not he even could give them high. jobs. Yeah, because exactly. he's supposed he to be doing something and he was yeah. given the money to do it and he's supposed to be paying them the money and it's probably a tax write-off for him if he actually did any of this shit but he doesn't want to do it because who cares I think uh, Akon should try starting a cult instead of making a city like a city is so tangible and there's so many like specific deliverables like the solar power plant and the housing if you just make a cult you don't have to deliver anything and you could still, you could probably get even more headlines with a cult. Like what? Yeah, made him all think you have to promise is like, a city? like personal spiritual enlightenment or the end of the world. You don't want something with investors. You should make some sort of Nexium type thing. Yeah, exactly. He's already got all those children. Yeah, I was going to say with too, them. When it comes to his performances, uh, he should just start doing shows in international waters on sort of like a Scientology Sea Org kind of thing so that he can just like dry hump 15-year-olds uh, with impunity. Yeah, that's the real goal of Akon City is him not getting in trouble. But he doesn't want to put on the effort to do it. It's like you were saying of how uh, the Central Bank of West African States says that adopting cryptocurrency would be illegal it's just not even going to work. Like his whole plan is fundamentally illegal and unsound. Yeah. It's so patronizing to the government of Senegal <laughs> yeah. to act like they, they well, like they're basically desert. There's nothing there. There's no one there. It's basically uninhabited land. It's like it, he is Senegalese American, but he's like, it's almost a colonial attitude towards yeah, it. Yeah, it really is. Like dude. I can just set up my own thing here and right in their backyard. Yeah. And look, they're not I don't like to fuck. use the word king of the city but that's what it's gonna be yeah like it's uh he's it's so patronizing and condescending one millimeter away from saying he's civilizing them you know i think the smack that singer needs to apologize for his colonial attitudes that's true that's the true TT freak superstar needs to show some contrition the tt freak superstar oh speaking of that uh, i was looking at barack obama's songs of the year Oh, yeah. In this one, I don't know if, uh, I guess I'm out of touch for not knowing these songs that a 68-year-old man is talking about. <laughs> but there's uh, stuff on here like uh, Bad Bunny, TT Me Pregunto, which I believe translates to pregnant titties. <laughs> That's right. That's how they, they get bigger. 
That sounds like um, a, more like an Akon song title, but Tank and the Bangos, Communion in My Cup featuring the tones. I just don't know this stuff. So like I'm willing to go out on a limb and say maybe I'm out of touch and Obama's not. Yeah, Obama's just cool as and fuck, he's, dude. He's actually like a, more indie than me because I don't know who uh Sudan Archives is. He put Kendrick Lamar's non-album single on there instead of anything from the album. That's how you know he's like real with this shit. There's no way that it's just a bunch of interns making this for him. Yeah. The only songs on here I've heard are Beyonce, Break My Soul, which is one of the best songs of the year, and Lizzo, About Damn Time, which is okay. It is. I mean, just like anything of his, it's so focus group because there's like a little bit of folk stuff like Planes. Uh, like the Kendrick song being a non-album track, like all that shit, it it really does feel so manicured and so fake and so like curated, you know? <laughs> it's awesome. Burn a boy. You're not fucking listening to that, Obama. You're Did hanging out with Bruce Springsteen this? on David Geffen's yacht. Yeah, it's so weird because on one hand, he's very tuned into like a NPR boomer lib culture. That's usually what his output is. But then when it comes to this, he's suddenly into Bad Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you didn't give a fuck about young people. What happened? It's so weird. Uh, he's hip, dude. Do his, his daughters see this? There's like, no how way would, they how would you feel? Care, right? How would you feel if you were, like, they're almost my age. His older daughter's probably, what, like 25? Yeah. I actually am very curious what their relationship to him is. I honestly have no idea. Like, if I was them, I would think he's just corny. Because also, he's like your dad, so he should be corny. But he's just like an extra corny dad. Yeah, but it's corny in this very cloying way. Yeah. Like, his yeah, daughter was at Coachella way. or Lollapalooza or one of those smoking weed. Yeah. People got mad at that the other year, a couple years ago. It just ago. makes me think they're probably more normal than he is. Yeah. Like, what do they, what do they think about their dad saying that Bad Bunny had the number two song of the year? Yeah. <laughs> Their boomer dad, who was born in 1962. I would just be, ah, man. Yeah, you know, the most endearing thing about Obama, well, besides eating the dog, is the Choom gang. So I guess his his daughter was just taking after him in that way of like one of the only uh, relatable cool things he did. Yeah, he was the first president to admit to inhaling weed. Yeah. You got to hand it to him. He didn't legalize it. He could have easily. But he did, uh, that was an important step. He normalized chooming. Bill Clinton was a pussy to say he didn't inhale. What a dumb thing to say. Like, did, did that buy him any goodwill? Yeah, no. Like, who could Did possibly? that help at all? To, that just made people make fun of him. And it made people, like, if he just said, like, yeah, I smoked a joint once in college, people yeah. would have never brought it up again. He thinks people are so insanely stupid. Like, it just shows you his contempt for everybody to be like oh this excuse will this like oh yeah you know what as long as he didn't inhale i'm cool with that he had such a high charisma stat for so long that he could just coast and lie about (laughs) shit and then eventually he got to a point where he was like well it depends on what the meaning of is is and then he just he he got to too high of a level and he started getting game overs in that sense bill clinton and obama are really similar of like awkward not that likable guys who somehow became like the pinnacle of coolness for like liberals who wanted to believe in something. They wanted to believe in something so much they were willing to ignore all evidence to the contrary. Yeah. I guess playing saxophone is cool and not the lamest possible thing you could do. It's so weird how it's evolved from Bill Clinton doing a 50-year-old song 
on saxophone. Yeah, I was gonna say, actually, to sax can cool be very to cool. Obama saying he likes Bad Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> Like sex to, like, can be cool, but the type of shit Bill Clinton was doing was just like, yeah, like playing like fucking uh, Mary had a little lamb on sax. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, that was so cool. He had sunglasses on, but this isn't even considered cool to anyone. I don't think like, does anyone think this is cool? Yeah, it is funny. I pulled up Obama's top songs of the year list on Pitchfork, which is like a nesting doll of uh, irrelevant year end lists. <laughs> Yeah, there's not too much to say about the year-end lists. Like, I don't really pay too much attention to current music, but I've only heard, like, Yaya Bay, Remember Your North Star, number nine on Pitchfork. I'm glad to see that. That is one of the best albums of the year. Well, I do agree. Pitchfork's best song of the year was uh, Belinda Says by Always. That song's really good. That album's great. Maybe That's I'm a just band a I never got into now. until this album. Their first couple albums are just very, like... I don't know, like jangle pop or something. And this album's like so good to me because they just started doing generic shoegaze guitars, which I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I like this. The 1975 at number 33, fuck off. Yeah, that seems a bit I haven't much. heard that album, but suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm willing to countenance uh, Pitchfork talking about pop music almost exclusively, but I don't want to hear them talk about car commercial music. My friend was telling me what next a, year Imagine Dragons is going to be number one. That guy, the singer from 1975 is just like a really thin-skinned, like fragile ego type of guy. Where my friend like wrote an article about him, and I, I don't know what he said that like he perceived as being like somewhat negative, but that guy um, was just DMing him relentlessly as someone who has like millions of followers or whatever. He's just like talking to this music journalist, just like harassing him constantly. And then my friend was just like. Why don't you call me about this? Like, here's my number. Just talk to me. And then he like did a 180 and he was like, oh, I'll pass this along to my publicist, I guess. Like, he's too fucking scared to actually talk to him. Like, he's such a little baby, man. And the publicist is going to what? Yell at him and tell him you have to make a good <laughs> yeah, review right? like, next time. It's such a, just like a coward move. That's such a weird guy to be like, that concerned about reviews. Yeah. You're too popular. That's like something care. Ariel like, Pink would do. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, they make music for Old Navy commercials. Why do they I wish Obama was like that. Wouldn't it be, I would, I wish Obama would like be in RDMs. Like, I don't really appreciate you guys making fun of my list. Kind of like Eric Alper did. Yeah. Obama's going to agree to be on our podcast and then listen to the episode about him and then block all of us. (laughs) Yeah. I'd love to make an appearance. You know what? Never mind. Uh, Let me be clear. uh, Uh, It seems like it's, uh, you're making a lot of assumptions. I talked it over with uh, Michelle and the girls. And uh, we've uh, decided that uh, it's not for us. We should try to get his <laughs> daughters over on the with show. his with his daughters, whether he can go on a podcast <laughs> or not. Well, let me get your input on this. The they, other uh, thing they're going to talk about. They did an about. episode about uh, this uh, Weezer DM, and uh, I don't feel comfortable. Uh, people who make fun of uh, these uh, celebrities in, in such a manner. Well, you're just down the street from him. You should go ask him. Yeah, that's right. I'm sure Obama spends tons of time in Chicago rather than. You know, jet setting around with uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, he's a real hometown boy. Yeah, hometown hero. So Weezer finally came out with the winter EP, The Long Wait's Over. And, uh, well, it has a couple genre flourishes that are overemphasized in the PR about it. 95% of it is the same three power chords. Yeah, it's like... Would you believe that? The pattern has continued well into the fourth chapter here. 
where what Rivers said about this EP is that it's stylistically similar to Elliot Smith, featuring lots of loss and despair. And his idea of loss and despair is this. I want a dog to curl up beside me. I want a dog because he would keep me company. I want a dog because he would look out for me. Cheer me up when I don't think I'll make it. Damn, dude, that sounds like Elliot Smith. That's fucking sick. Yeah, it's because there's acoustic guitar in two songs. Yeah, exactly. That's why he said that. They're really searching for stuff to say about this. Does anyone want to guess how long it takes for the first song to transition from acoustic guitar and violin to Weezer power chords? It's like 20 seconds, right? Yeah, it's like under a minute. It's maybe a little longer than that, but within a minute, it just instantly transforms into a Weezer song. 51 seconds. 51 That's seconds. Pretty good. In, so. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, it, they're kind of setting themselves up to fail by having four EPs with the concept because you kind of have to have a concept to give to journalists. Like most of their albums, they at least try for it. Like this is our hair metal album. This one's back to our roots. Yeah, for sure. This, and, and usually that's bullshit. When it's like a return to form or yeah, I guess to their credit, Weezer, Weezer does stick to their gimmicks of like the the metal album has a bunch of tacked on tapping solos. They are there, like it makes sense. But it's mostly just album or songs that sound like the Blue Album. Yeah, in a bad way, <laughs> a really yeah, in a way that album. just feels like they're kind of reconfigured by an AI. It just seems it's so very weird. uncanny valley. It's it's like pulling out the same bag of tricks and shaking it up a little bit and giving you something that's mostly the same parts of it you recognize. It's like I don't know, like a bike made of parts of your old shitty bikes that you don't yeah. use anymore presented to, as a new bike. I don't know. And it's also just kind of it's almost like insulting to make that Elliot Smith comparison when all your lyrics are I want a dog because he'd try to lick my face and he would smile when I get home to my place. And then the only like emotional turn, which barely is any kind of like emotional change is the chorus is I made the wrong choice. Now I must pay the price trapped in my body and my own mind. Okay. And then at the end of the song, when he keeps saying how he wants a dog, there's a cat meow to end the song. Damn dude. The song iambic pentameter might have the worst Rivers Cuomo line ever, which yeah, is, I wish something. I could say it all to you in iambic pentameter. I'd improvise high notes like Thelonious when he's jamming it. You're so bad, dude. So he's rhyming iambic pentameter with jamming it. I think it's, my only, <sighs> my concession on this album trying to be find nice things to say is that the song Sheraton Commander in the middle of the EP is at least doing something different. It's the least embarrassing song by far where it actually sticks to using... Actually, no, it does kind of become a generic Weezer song, but he at least sticks to like the acoustic guitar thing more and the structure is unique where it's just like a single verse uh, and there's no like big hook. Like At least he tried to do something there. It's my diplomatic thing to say. Yeah, that one, if the whole album sounded like that, it would make sense to call it Elliot Smith. Yeah. But it's only two minutes and it's... Yeah, like. Uh, Halfway through, it turns into power chords again, so I don't know. Like, looking back on all these EPs, the thing that, like, blows my mind the most, maybe, is that they almost always begin with the worst dog shit on the EP. Like, almost everyone who makes music is smart enough to put some good tracks in the beginning of the track list. Like, they start with trash every time, like the Shakespeare Makes Me Happy song. 
And then by the middle of it, it becomes generic Weezer, which is better than what begins these EPs. You know, it's so wild to me. Yeah. And okay, so this is uh, even more so than the contents of that EP. The thing that really blew my mind is a couple months ago, before they put the EP out, they debuted it live at a secret show in LA at the Troubadour, uh, the venue made famous by E1 when we played there this spring with Wolf Parade. Oh, wow. You should have yeah. booby-trapped the green room. If I knew, I mean, I would have. But, um, you know, they must have seen us going there and they were like, well, we got to get on that stage too. And this, must, this is probably the most bleak set that Weezer has ever played in their career. If anyone wants to look it up on setlist.fm, it's September 19th of 2022. Um. They opened with the season's winter EP in full, seven tracks. Then they start playing songs from the autumn EP and Beverly Hills. They play that horrible records song from the summer EP. The only two interesting songs in the entire uh, set list are two Pinkerton B-sides. They did, um, I just threw out the love of my dreams and you gave your love to me softly. Like that's genuinely cool to play those two songs. But then it's right back into just like, oh, they did fucking a cover of Weedus's Teenage Dirtbag. It says in parentheses, they're the first time since 2012. Oh, no. That's interesting to bring back. That's from their era of covers. Yeah, like when they were doing Teenage Dirtbag. Stuff, yeah. Because of uh, like, which credit to them, like it was, I mean, it was a years old joke by then, but it was a classic LimeWire mix up. Yeah, yeah. Weedus and Weezer in Ween, too would all get mixed up but to still be doing that this oh man and so the whole at least they're not doing paranoid android for a while they were doing a completely straight ahead cover of paranoid that might be better than a lot of this stuff on here that i would rather hear them do that than hear them play the season's winter ep in full yeah more people would know paranoid android than are going to know the any of the season shit but this is what's like crazy if, to if me. If you heard if you heard this shit uh, as a surprise show, would you recognize any of it, or would you just be like, "Oh, that was probably on spring or summer or fall"? Yeah, you, even like you'd have to be a very dedicated fan to remember exactly what's on each of these EPs. You would have to be a diehard Seasons fan, yeah, to know that. Oh, these are all Seasons songs that I haven't heard before. I got a new take. I think Seasons Winter is better than the Blue Album. Sure, fine. Whatever destroys this awful band's legacy. I think the real insult to injury of, of this set, though, to me, is that the encore is two songs from the season's EPs that they already played in the normal set repeated again. Like, they're doing, like, the classical music style of encore where it's literally a repeat of something, but it's two shitty songs no one wants to hear. It's, like, so insulting. What Happens After You is not a great song. That, like, truly blows... And that basketball song from the winter EP is one of the most forgettable, like generic ones on there. Like to make people listen to that song twice at like a, a secret show that they're probably really excited to go to. It's just like insane. They only did two songs from the blue album and you heard the song basketball twice at the show. Yeah. Basketball could have been off the blue album. I mean, that's generous, but stylistically true. Also the guitars are very muted. That's a weird thing that I've noticed that they've got these walls of power chords, but they're also sort of in the background and they're mixed to the center. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can't remember. Like now, I'd have to like re. I'm not gonna re-listen to all of those. I'm trying to think of what's the worst and what's the. I think we agreed that the autumn one was the least offensive. 
Yeah, that's the best one. That's like a four out of ten. I think that the Shakespeare Makes Me Happy song is so offensive to me that that makes the spring one the worst because like I've rarely in my life heard a song that bad. And I think it's it's hard for me to say. I think it's worse than even like the ironic Weezer phase with like Kenny G and Lil Wayne. But also it's so bad that I do want to listen to it to like torture myself. Unlike like the Lil Wayne feature is just bad and it's not fun to listen to. But this song is so bad. I think bad. it's kind of fun. I think Can't Stop Partying is kind of fun. All right. Well, maybe I need to revisit that too then. But the, like it's the funny. Shakespeare it's one. It's very stupid. Yeah. Yeah. The Shakespeare one though is like, it's such a train wreck that I need to hear it again. You know? Yeah. It might be the worst Weezer song. It's so and That makes it valuable. Like, the worst song is better than the middle, like the median Weezer song. Because the median Weezer song, no one ever wants to hear. But the worst one, at least I do want to hear it. So like, you know, kudos to them, I guess. Yeah, they've just made so many four-chord, power-chord, mid-tempo, okay songs that I don't really need to hear any more of those. Like, I don't need to hear any more Green Album quality songs because I can just go listen to that. I forgot I where want to we hear stumbled, it if it's really um, good or if it's really bad. While we were listening to this and reading about it, we stumbled on some quote of his where he was asking his fans, like, I don't know if it was on Discord or like his fan website or whatever. He was asking them whether... He's used a specific chord progression recently or not. <laughs> like he's aware that he does so many things that are so similar. He was like, hey, have I done this recently? Because if not, I'm going to put it on the winter EP. But he does that all the time. He uses the same chord progression so much. Yeah. But and even like, his melodies any, are so phoned in now. Like, Yeah. Anytime is anything like, is like, good, it's like, it, it just sounds like Blue Album or Pinkerton in a very direct way. Yeah. Like he's using a chord progression from one of those albums or it's got some sort of melodic thing from one of those albums. Like anytime it's good, it just, it feels like he's retreading something that he did 20 years ago. Yeah. And it's like, like kind of cheating you by like repackaging it. His, his songwriting fundamentals are good. Like he's at the end of the day, he knows how to write songs, but he's just done the same thing so much that there's such diminishing returns. Yeah, like you and me were saying earlier, actually, like the blue album is closer to the Beatles, like Abbey Road or something, than it is to today. You know, he's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, I was thinking about how far they are into their career, which is 28 years. If you count the blue album, like they had demos and stuff before that. But if you add that to 1963, you get 1991. So for a lot of bands, if you add 28 years to when they release their first album, it's either after a point where they broke up or it's at a point where everyone discounts anything they put out then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you see Weezer as being like the Beatles, Lennon was long gone. Yeah. Even like the Wings, Rolling Stones, no one like listened Wings to any stuff they put out in the 90s. would be a previous era of Weezer, you know? Yeah. So I guess in a sense, it's like weird that we even pay attention to it. Because I think like, there's a morbid, it's just a morbid curiosity, really, though, you know? Yeah. They're bad enough that people actually pay attention to new albums of theirs that come out, which is not true of a lot of their peers, just because of that weird relationship they have with their fans, where they have fans who like their early stuff, who love getting mad at their late stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they always listen what to we're it. doing. Yeah, which is what we're doing, and uh, we're giving it's them true. plays. Like, you and think of fine. other bands from that era who didn't really embarrass themselves, like Teenage Fan Club or something. 
And it's like, I'm not thinking about what teenage fan clubs done in the last 20 years. Yeah. Or like Steven Malkmus. We're not listening to his new shit being like, oh, this isn't, this isn't as oh, good yeah, as Slanted and Enchanted. As good. <laughs> this exactly, fucking yeah. sucks. <laughs> Getting mad at someone like that. I guess you got to give Rivers credit for that in a weird, I guess it's something he would welcome maybe. I don't yeah, know. He, I don't actually know how bitter he is versus how like at peace he is with people like his own fans disliking him. Yeah. I don't know what he has exposure to. That's the thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I know he interfa- he interacts with fans to some extent, probably more than uh, other people in that position would. But it's usually like in but, his own Discord where it's the people who are bothered to come there are the people who are on board, you know? Yeah, they're at least going to be generous to him. Yeah. But we know he's not on Twitter because it's an AI. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not seeing that. Well, at least we made it through this whole cycle. Oh, you know what? The most sad thing of all to me is that we predicted that the EP would end with some kind of callback to spring. Cause it'd be just like such a ham fisted thing to have the year return around where it started that it just seems like something he would do. And yet he didn't do it. I'm so disappointed. Yeah. I think it just ends with a guitar fade out. Let me double yeah, check. It ends with a song that basically is trying to be like an only in dreams kind of thing where there's like a bunch of, uh, it's like a little bit longer than all the other songs and there's like some solos and it's supposed to feel pretty epic. Oh, it's very only in dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. They didn't really stick to the concept. I was hoping it would be at least the winter motif at the end, or it just goes back into the first song again. Yeah. They should have just put that as the last song on the track list to make me happy in the same way that Shakespeare makes rivers happy. There should be an end lock groove thing (laughs) that repeats Shakespeare makes me happy, happy. Shakespeare makes me happy. When you end the winter EP. Oh man, that'd be so cool. Shakespeare makes me happy, happy. Shakespeare makes me happy. Shakespeare makes me happy, happy. Shakespeare makes me happy. Shakespeare makes me happy, happy. Shakespeare makes me happy. Shakespeare makes me happy.